You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. I hope you had a fantastic weekend because we have some great content coming up. And we are excited to announce that we are back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's right. We are back every single day this week. We are back in our primetime non-off season schedule. So we're really excited for that. And also the NBA draft is coming up here next week. So make sure to check out the live NBA draft show. NBA draft goat Chad Ford, locked on NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, and locked on NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's locked on NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow the Locked On NBA and YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we'll be covering the NBA draft as we get closer to it more than likely next week. But on today's show, the recruiting talk, is it's always going to be here, right? We're going to be talking about some recruiting today because Iowa did land a commit and they also missed out on another opportunity. So we're going to talk about recruiting on segment number one. On segment two and three, we're going to be breaking down some of the interesting information that came out of Pick 6 Preview's annual guide. If you haven't bought that guide yet, I highly recommend you do. It's a phenomenal way to get an inside look at every team across the college ball landscape. They do a great job there, and they also make some really cool mini helmets, which I'm hoping to get uh, Pick 6 Preview Brett on to talk a little bit about that because he did a custom order for me for Iowa Hawkeye helmets, and I want to show you all of them. So just waiting for the right time to unveil those because it is pretty darn sweet. But we'll get that in we'll get to that in segment two and segment three. Before that, let's get into the recruiting talk though. Let's start off with Landon Livingston, an offensive line prospect, three-star prospect out of Indiana, ranked 809th nationally. He had Iowa in his top three. Um, honestly, looked like he might be leaning Iowa, in my personal opinion. He even followed my show, um, Locked On Iowa on Twitter a few weeks ago. So I thought, you know, maybe this is something he's very interested in. And then he committed to West Virginia University. Uh, Very interesting. Iowa is typically not in a lot of battles with West Virginia, yet they've lost two battles in recent weeks to West Virginia. Um, Unfortunate, nevertheless. But Iowa did get some good news, landing a tight end. They finally landed a tight end for the first time in two classes. Three-star prospect, and I say two classes, just for all of you out there who want to get into semantics. I mean, this year's class, as in the 2022 class, and the 2021 class. So, um, three-star prospect, though, by 24-7 sports, 6'5", 220 pounds, um, played wide receiver in high school, uh, had a decent season. Football recruiting is picking up. Already had an offer to go play baseball at the University of Iowa, was committed to the University of Iowa to play baseball. Um, and ultimately, once he got that offer to play football at Iowa, he chose to forego his baseball career, and he is going to be playing football for the University of Iowa only and not playing baseball. Um, not trying to make a comparison here, but uh, relatively similar to Sam Laporta and TJ Hawkinson in the the build and the, the recruiting style, the recruiting that went into this and the fact that he is relatively, you know, pretty underrated in this regard. 
a guy who Iowa feels confident about, though. I think the one thing you need to learn is that Iowa is not just going to offer people just to get people in the door. They're going to offer people they feel like can make an impact for the University of Iowa. And this is a guy they feel very excited about with Addison Estranja getting their eighth commit in the class of 2022. Um, that moves Iowa up to 59th in the nation. Again, a little bit below what we would typically expect at this point. But I uh, do expect Iowa to continue to you know, keep working that recruiting trail and will probably get to 16 or 17 by the end of the year after they have a chance to see a lot of these guys play their senior season of football. We talked about it. There's a guy in Iowa, Newton actually, Keith Moko, who's a guy who to people Iowa fans should at least get to know because he's a guy that Iowa more than likely will offer if he has a big time senior season. Um, one guy they did offer, though, very recently was 2022 running back Jazin Peterson. Uh, I apologize if I said that that first name wrong. It is J A Z I U N. Um, a five Patterson, excuse me, as well. Uh, 5'10", 190 pound back, uh, three star recruit, top 500 player. Uh, currently holds 23 offers, but everything I'm reading is that he's not getting a lot of prioritization from a lot of these schools. So um, there's a chance that Iowa could slip in there. Um, there's a chance that Iowa could maybe make a run for him late and squeeze that offer. I know we talked about it on the last show and that I didn't expect Iowa to really jump in the recruiting mix to some guys who are already have very extensive recruiting background in the sense of they have 23 offers. They're down to a final three. I didn't expect Iowa to jump into those type of things, um, but clearly I was wrong in this situation. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out again if he is not getting the prioritization that he wants from other schools if they have other prospects they're looking at over him first then maybe that gives Iowa an opportunity to squeeze in and steal a running back out of the state of Florida we've done well with some running backs um in that area before, you know, in the, the Southeast part of the region, obviously Tyler Goodson coming from there um, was a huge time recruit. Uh, this is a guy who um, has some big time straight line speed and Iowa really likes on tape. It sounds like Liddell Betts also just followed him on Twitter recently as well. So that recruiting is just beginning to pick up, but with that being the only running back that Iowa has as a target, expect him to feel the love. So uh, could be some good news coming that way. They're going to obviously want to get him on campus for a visit as well. Um, some more to come on that recruiting front. Again, I know people are very concerned about seeing another prospect not commit to the University of Iowa. Um, if you want more information about why this isn't as big of a deal, check out any of our podcasts the last week and a half. Um, again, just to reiterate, and I know I, for some of you who listen every single day, I 100% appreciate you listening. Um, and I, I hope you know I'm not trying to repeat myself, but for anyone new listening to the show, just as an FYI, Iowa in the past has not typically had too much of a worry from the, the lower end prospects that they've recruited. Um, in the past, a lot of their success, a lot of the guys that have made the NFL have come from those bottom five recruits. Those are just numbers. They are not science. It is not guaranteed. Just because you are a two-star prospect does not mean you are going to be are going to be unsuccessful. And just because you're a five-star prospect does not mean you're going to be successful. The road there is definitely a bit more difficult depending on where you're at. But look at a Josie Jewell, right? Um, you know, look at even a Desmond King who was under recruited. Look at a George Kittle. I mean, these are all guys who are big time names in the Iowa football program and they were under recruited. So, um, despite the fact that Iowa has missed out on several key targets, um, there's some reasoning behind each of those. And although we would love to have gotten many of those guys, uh, Iowa is going to find a way to bring in a good time, a big time class and a class that can be productive and make a big time impact for the University of Iowa. So um, please do not fret if you are out there 
incredibly concerned. Coming up on segment two, though, we are going to get into the pick six previews. Um, some really interesting information that came out of some of that analysis, including where Iowa stands in comparison to other football programs in terms of recruiting, in terms of what they like to call win conversion, and some really interesting tight end U conversations. Uh, spoiler alert, Iowa State is not a part of that conversation, but honestly, Iowa isn't number one. So we're going to talk about that all on segment two and segment three. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have so many phenomenal flavors and so many limited time flavors that you have to get your hands on ASAP. Otherwise, they are going to sell out, such as that grasshopper uh, cookie and then also the white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. When that comes out, I highly recommend you check it out because it is so freaking delicious. But not only are these Built Bars delicious for you, they are also nutritious for you as well. Each of these bars comes with 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, all covered in 100% chocolate. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the USA track and field team. If they can eat them, why can't you? So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to the segment two of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes. And on segment two and segment three, we're going to be going through pick six previews, the preview of the entire college football season. And there's a lot of things about Iowa in there I just wanted to uh, discuss, kind of let you know about, and give you my perspective and opinion on. Um, so we're just going to kind of work our way through that. As a reminder, we are going to start our season preview probably coming up either later this week or early next week. We're going to be going through each of Iowa's games, talking about the weaknesses, the strengths, what the storylines are going to be, giving you a brief you know, kind of one 25 minute shop, uh, 25 minute show shop of what is going to, what to be expected for each of those games. And obviously as we get closer to those games, as we get to the week of those games, we'll be doing more in-depth analysis, but just as a heads up there, we'll be doing that. So, um, if you haven't looked at pick six previews, uh, his art, you know, his, uh, article is fantastic writer. Um, a guy who's highly respected in the business, a Heisman trophy, uh, voter, you know, is on a bunch of different committees due to his work here. And his work has actually been, you know, noticed as one of the best and most, uh, realistic and one of the most predictive works preseason works at least for college football so definitely a cool thing to look at but he does some really cool analysis on previous um, previous results and whatnot and one of the things I thought was really interesting especially as we're talking about recruiting right now and how um, some people are pretty concerned about where Iowa is from a recruiting perspective Iowa's five-year ranking in terms of recruiting is 34th now again that's lower than 59th no doubt about it but the next two things I thought were really cool um, win conversion and player development. Win conversion is the recruiting rank from 2012 to 2020 versus the total wins, 2016 to 2020. Iowa is number one in win conversion. Other notable teams, we got Minnesota at fourth, Wisconsin at sixth, Iowa State at seventh, um, and Nebraska is at 60th. Player development is also first. That's the recruiting rank from 2014 to 2017 versus the NFL draft picks from 2018 to 2021. Iowa is number one. Minnesota's eighth, Wisconsin's fifth, Michigan's 11th, Penn State is 12th, Nebraska is 65th. So when we talk about the concern in regards to recruiting, 
I think it's less about the overall class. It's less about the players we currently have in that class. And it's more about how we're losing on these, you know, top two guys each every time. By top two, I mean these guys that have Iowa in their top two. We're losing on these guys. So we're right there. We're just missing the ball for whatever reason. Now, it's important to remember that last summer was a very interesting time in Iowa football history. Um, There was, you know racial biased allegations we fired or you know got rid of chris doyle as the strength and conditioning coach the class of 2021 was almost already set by that point or pretty darn close uh so those those kids there wasn't a lot more addition there wasn't a lot more to add to that class at that point now we're finally we're seeing you know a year into that process we've heard from different Iowa coaches on Twitter about Iowa is getting negatively recruited against. Now that all goes back to and what I can only assume is what happened last summer, especially when you look at the fact that last year's recruiting class again was mostly locked up pretty early in that process. So um, Iowa still kind of working through uh, some of the past items that happened. Um, from last year, it seems like I, I can't, you know, I don't know for sure, but that seems to be um, people, what people are continually bringing up. But regardless, I was in an okay spot. When you look at how well they've done in terms of player development, not just um, getting guys to the NFL, but also converting those players into wins, they are top of the line, first in win conversion, first in player development. It was great to see that um, p- metric put in that way so you can kind of get a sense for, yes, Iowa's recruiting class is not. Um, up to what we typically expect from an overall recruiting rank, but that does not mean that Iowa is going to be bad in four years. It does not mean that Iowa is screwed. It is concerning that Iowa is not getting some of those top two guys. Now, again, I brought up the racial bias stuff. I don't think, I don't know if that's actually a thing. That's what people are uh, speculating. And that is also, uh, we've heard about negative recruiting. So I can only imagine when you think about those and you're trying to speculate some things, those two are put together. Uh, Whether that's swaying kids, I have no idea. At the end of the day, though, I'm really excited about the class we have so far. I would love to see a few more guys get in there. I'm bummed we weren't able to land some of the guys we were really close on. But nevertheless, I look at what Iowa is able to do with those recruits, and they're able to develop players. They're able to find guys, diamonds in the rough, and convert them into an amazing football player who can make it into the NFL. So um, that doesn't concern me nearly as much. Now, I was talking to one of my buddies, and he was like, why is Iowa getting so much hype going into the season? And I, I had a couple different reasons for that, but I wanted to quickly highlight one of the things that I thought was very interesting about last season. Many people think, they look at Iowa season, they first think about the fact that they went 0-2. They lose to Purdue, they lose to Northwestern, and they go on a six-game winning streak. Now, anyone who's excited about Iowa says, yeah, they went on a six-game winning streak. They should have won those two games. They should have been 8-0. They could have been in the playoff talk. People who are pessimistic about Iowa say, yeah, they lost two games, and you should have won those, but you didn't. And the other six games were against teams who didn't have winning records. Now, what I find interesting about that is what they do, um, what Pick 6 Preview does, they actually have a way of grading each of these games and basically measuring a team not based on wins and losses, but based on so many other factors. Basically, were they able to dominate a game and still not come away with the win? So in Iowa's case, the fact that they lost Northwestern and Purdue Um, they dominated both those games. They should have won both of those games. And so game grader is actually going to give Iowa a higher higher grade in those games than what they typically are going to get just from a wins-loss perspective. So game grader is a way of measuring teams not based on wins and losses, but overall capabilities. And last year, Iowa came in at ninth. 
Iowa State came in at eighth. Northwestern came in at 21st. Now, again, when you look at game grader versus what actual rankings were, that's a really cool comparison of what teams could convert those wins. Again, if Iowa converts those wins, it doesn't really change their ranking there, but it does show you that it kind of lines up with where Iowa would have been from a record perspective had they won those games. Now, people point to Penn State being down and Wisconsin being down. Penn State was 27th in game grader and Wisconsin was 25th in game grader. So Iowa had some tough teams they played against last year. And yes, they're not returning as much production as some of these other teams. But nevertheless, they still have a lot of strong, talented players returning, which makes for this upcoming season a very exciting season, especially when they get Indiana in that first game. The top 25 for pick six previews has Iowa at 15th. Notable people on the schedule. Iowa State, 7th. They have Wisconsin at 13th. They got Penn State at 20th. Indiana at 25th. They actually have Nebraska at 36th. Minnesota at 37th. Northwestern at 42nd. Purdue at 46th. That is, that's a that's a lot of talented teams. Not not an easy not an easy slate of teams by any means. And again, this is kind of looking at just the major schools, but um, that is a very tough slate for Iowa going in to this season. Uh, and Iowa's non-conference schedule, whereas we've talked a lot about Iowa State being a lose-lose situation for the first time and I don't know how long. This is not a lose-lose situation necessarily. Now, no Iowa fan wants to lose to Iowa State. No Iowa player wants to lose to Iowa State. But the fact that Iowa State is going to be a top 10 team coming into this game is going to be huge for the Hawks. They get that W. That is going to help them when it comes down to, is the Big Ten strong enough? Did Iowa do enough to get you know recognition? They beat Iowa State. That does help them this year. They lose to Iowa State in a close game. I don't think it'll happen. I don't want it to happen. But it doesn't hurt them as much as it would have in the past. It doesn't hurt them like that 2002 Orange Bowl season. I'm... I can't, I can't remember the specific year, 2002-2003, Orange Bowl season where they lost to Iowa State and went to, um, or the Rose Bowl, excuse me, and, uh, no, gosh, it was the Orange Bowl. I am going crazy here against, against USC. It doesn't hurt them like it did there as much, right? So that that is going to be huge, um, and that actually you know bodes well when guys like Pick 6 Preview actually says that Iowa versus Iowa State is a top 20 non-conference game. That makes sense. We expected that for the Hawks. So very exciting stuff. Nonetheless, a very exciting non-conference schedule. You got a couple cupcakes. You got Iowa State, which is going to be a really fun game. And that Big Ten schedule is going to be quite daunting. Uh, So I cannot wait for that. Coming up, though, on segment three, we're going to get into some of the uh, pieces of conversation, I should say, about all conference teams and all American teams. Uh, They had some cool things to say about that. Some interesting guys ranked in those um, in those rankings. And yeah, sorry, excuse me. It was the Orange Bowl and the game was in 2003. The season was 2002. So um, just wanted to quickly give you an update there. But again, coming up on segment three, we're going to get into those all-conference teams and those all-American teams and then maybe some positional unit breakdowns. Lots to come on segment three as we continue working our way through the Pick 6 Previews annual college breakdown. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including the MLB. You have one more game for the NBA 
or one more, potentially a couple more. And you have UFC MMA action. You've got college football prop bets coming up as well. The NFL is right around the corner. So before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs, the playoffs, or the Olympics. Head over to the website and get your free account and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all. We are back for our third and our final segment of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Apologize if you heard that breath in. Uh, didn't mean to have that right in the mic, but I apologize. We're going to keep going and running with it, though. Um, I thought... One of the cool things about this is that they broke down not just all American teams, not just all conference teams, but they also broke down positional units. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Let's actually get into the positional units. On tomorrow's show, we'll go into some of the all-conference and all-American teams. Um, But positional units nationally. Uh, This was kind of interesting. So nationally, top 15 units. Iowa, their offensive line is 11th. Their defensive line is 12th. And their secondary is 8th. Iowa State's secondary is third. Now, Iowa State did return a lot of people. Iowa State does have a fantastic defense. I personally think that Iowa's secondary is better than Iowa State's, though, and will show that by the end of this year. Um, Iowa not only returning everyone, but then adding reinforcements with Xavier as well. That is going to be a very dominant secondary. Offensive line checking in at 11th. A lot of love for the Hawks at 11 with that offensive line, considering how many people they are replacing. Right, you lose a Larry Jackson, you lose a Koi Kronk, a Mark Kallenberger, um, a Cole Banwert. That's a lot of guys to lose in that offensive line. But I think what it speaks to is the depth that Iowa's had and what you've seen from those guys to this point. You expect the development to continue to uh, occur. Also, you're anchored by Tyler Linderbaum. People really love Cody Ince and Kyler Schott. And again, someone. I, I know I'm mispronouncing the, the Cody name, and I can't find the pronunciation on Iowa's website either. So if you know that pronunciation, please give me that. Uh, send that to me. DM me. I apologize. I don't want to mess up that name. But Cody and Kyler, they are and have shown that they can be dominant interior players. If Iowa can at least have average to above average tackle play, they will be a top 15 offensive line. What I thought was very interesting, though, with the defensive line, most people, most Iowa fans, honestly, most people around the country, if you look at Iowa's defense, you think, Man, they're going to be a good defense, but what do they return at defensive line? For the third straight year, they lose several players to the NFL. They lose Chauncey Golston. They lose Jack Heflin, and they use big. Ten, they lose Big Ten player of the year, Davian Nixon. They lose an All-American in Davian Nixon. That is tough to lose that many guys. This is a year after losing an A.J. Epineza or Brady Reeve. I mean, that's, that is not Cedric Lattimore. That is not easy to do, and that's a year after losing even more guys. And Parker Hesse and Anthony Nelson and um, Matt Nelson. I mean, that's that's tough to do year in and year out. Yet Iowa is still ranked 12th. Now, either they know something we don't know or they are projecting significant growth from Iowa's defensive line or they just assume based off of the last three years and the fact that Iowa's defensive line actually manages to get better each year, that Iowa is going to continue to find a way to do it, just like some of these other schools do, like Oklahoma at quarterback, um, that's, or Alabama at wide receiver or running back. I mean, some of these schools just keep plugging and playing guys in. As Has Iowa gotten to that point for the defensive line? They may have at this point to be listed as a top 15 unit, returning just one starter in Zach and Valkenberg and having a myriad of guys who have had some playing time. Joe Evans, 
the most playing time out of all those guys, I believe I'll need to look at the snap count, but Joe Evans is a guy who's been a situational pass rusher and has done really well considering he joined the team as a walk-on quarterback, moving to linebacker, and then ultimately moving to that defensive end. But they're really putting a lot of expectations on John Wagner, YA Black, Noah Shannon, Logan Jones. I mean, these are guys who are expected to make big jumps. And having a top 15 defensive line unit when you're replacing three starters with a lot of guys who are underclassmen, that is some pretty significant expectations. So I thought that was really interesting that I wanted to cover. They also went into the NFL use by position. Now, there's a lot of talk on Twitter about Iowa being tight end U, and I would not disagree with you. Overall, you can make a lot of arguments for Iowa being tight end U. However, when you look at purely the draft picks, Iowa is not tight end U. In fact, they're a little bit behind. Since 2000, Iowa is third in NFL draft picks at that tight end position. Notre Dame and Miami are first and second. We expected that, right? Notre Dame and Miami had some really good tight ends in the early 2000s. Notre Dame has been very consistent. Miami had some really star-studded tight ends early on in that time, and they've had some good ones come out as of late as well. What I thought, though, was since 2010, Iowa would be a little bit higher. They're actually lower. Iowa is fifth in draft picks since 2010 at the tight end position. So I'm going to need to go back. Obviously, I know, and most of you listening to the show know that it doesn't just come down to draft picks. It also comes down to success in the NFL. It comes down to success in college. I think it also has to be a little bit about the development as well, as any Iowa person would talk about. But I thought that was really interesting as we have all these conversations about who is tight end you, and you get some of those ridiculous Iowa State fans clamoring because their third string tight end one time made a practice squad. Congratulations. You have a good tight end room of Charlie Kohler there right now and you have Andrew Keller there going in the future, that does not mean you're tight end you. It means you have a good tight end group right now. But this is very interesting information that I'm going to need to go back and review because those draft picks do not tell the same story that Iowa fans believe in terms of, of tight end you. And again, I will talk more about that on another show as we break down some of the other pieces of information, maybe do a little bit of a ranking in terms of development and success in the NFL and draft picks to give you a truly an overall look at who is tight end you across the nation. And I believe it will end up being Iowa. One other group that I thought was interesting that got onto this list was the offensive line. Since 2000, Iowa is sixth in offensive linemen drafted. Since 2010, they are not on that top 10 list. So that was really interesting as well. I hope you all enjoyed kind of walking through that, giving my my thoughts, perceptions. We're going to talk about the all-conference teams and the all-American teams tomorrow. We're also going to break down the Big Ten rankings um, in terms of these units as well and what Pick 6 Preview believes Iowa is going to do next season in terms of wins and losses. That's all coming up tomorrow on that episode, so make sure to tune into that. And to make sure you get that episode downloaded directly to your smart device, please make sure to subscribe wherever you got this episode at. Wherever you downloaded this podcast at, subscribe. Give us that five-star review. And as always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hawkeye Nation, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope you have a great Monday. And if you want more Locked On content, you have to check out some of the awesome stuff we have going on right now. We have the Ultimate Mock Draft NBA 2021. That's right. It is back next week. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and the Odyssey 
featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalberini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast app. Odyssey is your Odyssey home, audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. They might be talking about a few Iowa Hawkeyes on there as well. Again, make sure to check that out if you want some more Locked On content. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a fantastic Monday. And as always, let's go Hawks.